Hello, everybody. It's June 17th, and this is the One Year Bible Tour Guide, a podcast in which we encourage listeners to read through the Word of God and not be hearers only, but doers of the Word, applying what we learn to our daily lives. My name is David McAdam, pastor and Bible teacher at New Life Community Church in Concord, Massachusetts, and I want to welcome you to our journey through the Bible. Each day we read passages from the Old and New Testaments and the Book of Psalms and the Book of Proverbs and provide a summary of highlights that you don't want to miss. Our goal is to see that the world's bestseller will not sit idly on the shelf or bedside table, but will do its work, making known the glory of God's saving initiative as we read through its pages. This morning, as I was waking up, I was meditating on 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1, where the Apostle Paul asks for prayer. And I'd like to ask you to be praying for us. He says, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord will spread rapidly and be glorified, just as it did also with you. We're praying that the word of God would do a work in the hearers of this podcast and in you as you share God's word with others. In addition to equipping believers to share their faith here at the New Life Ministry Center, we currently are preparing for the New Life Fine Arts Summer Musical Theater Arts Camp for young people who want to develop their creative communication skills. We are receiving applicants from the ages of 8 through 18. Our goal is to train a new generation to produce theater you can believe in with the gospel at the core. Information and registration can be found on the New Life Fine Arts website. That's newlifefinearts, all one word, dot O-R-G. Through this podcast, we are encouraging folks from around the world to tackle the problem of biblical illiteracy by not only reading the Bible thoroughly, but by becoming gospel-fluent through it. Today, we will continue to read from the book of 1 Kings in the Old Testament and the book of Acts in the New Testament, as well as reading from the book of Psalms and Proverbs. We will observe how God used ordinary people in extraordinary ways. That's right. Elijah, who was such an extraordinary instrument in the hand of the Lord, was a man with a nature like ours. Yet he prayed fervently, and it had national consequences. In the New Testament, we will read of the Apostle Peter, Cornelius, Paul, and that man who was nicknamed Son of Encouragement, Barnabas. All of them proved to be useful in God's hands. May that encourage us to be useful also. So without any further introduction, let's go to our Old Testament reading from the book of 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 18, beginning with verse 1, when Elijah confronts Ahab. What a dramatic historical event this is. 1 Kings chapter 18, beginning with verse 1. After many days, the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go, show yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. So Elijah went to show himself to Ahab. Now the famine was severe in Samaria, and Ahab called Obadiah, who was over the household. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly, and when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord, Obadiah took a hundred prophets and hid them by fifties in a cave and fed them with bread and water. And Ahab said to Obadiah, Go through the land to all the springs of water and to all the valleys. Perhaps we may find grass and save the horses and mules alive and not lose some of the animals. So they divided the land between them to pass through it. Ahab went in one direction by himself and Obadiah went in another direction by himself. 
And as Obadiah was on the way, behold, Elijah met him. And Obadiah recognized him and fell on his face and said, Is it you, my lord, Elijah? And he answered him, It is I. Go, tell your lord, behold, Elijah is here. And he said, How have I sinned that you would give your servant into the hand of Ahab to kill me? As the Lord your God lives, there is no nation or kingdom where my Lord has not sent to seek you. And when they would say, He is not here, he would take an oath of the kingdom or nation that they had not found you. And now you say, Go tell your Lord, behold, Elijah is here. And as soon as I have gone from you, the Spirit of the Lord will carry you, I know not where. And so, when I come and tell Ahab, and he cannot find you, he will kill me, although I, your servant, have feared the Lord from my youth. Has it not been told, my Lord, what I did when Jezebel killed the prophets of the Lord, how I hid a hundred men of the Lord's prophets by fifties in a cave, and fed them with bread and water? And now you say, Go tell the Lord, Behold, Elijah is here, and he will kill me. And Elijah said, As the Lord of hosts lives, before whom I stand, I will surely show myself to him today. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. When Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, Is it you, you troubler of Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you have, and your father's house, because you have abandoned the commandments of the Lord and followed the Baals. Now therefore send and gather all Israel to me at Mount Carmel, and the four hundred and fifty prophets of Baal, and the four hundred prophets of Asherah, who eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent to all the people of Israel, and gathered the prophets together at Mount Carmel. And Elijah came near to all the people, and said, How long will you go limping between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people did not answer him a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I, even I only, am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are four hundred and fifty men. Let two bulls be given to us, and let them choose one bull for themselves, and cut it in pieces, and lay it on the wood, and put no fire to it. And I will prepare the other bull, and lay it on the wood, and put no fire to it. And you call upon the name of your God, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. And all the people answered, It is well spoken. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose for yourselves one bull and prepare it first, for you are many, and call upon the name of your God, but put no fire to it. And they took the bull that was given to them, and they prepared it and called upon the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, O Baal, answer us. But there was no voice, and no one answered. And they cried aloud and cut themselves after their custom with swords and lances, until the blood gushed out upon them. And as midday passed, they raved on until the time of the offering of the oblation. But there was no voice, no one answered, no one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, Come near to me. And all the people came near to him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been thrown down. Elijah took twelve stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be your name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar, as great as would contain two seahs of seed. 
and he put the wood in order and cut the bull in pieces and laid it on the wood. And he said, Fill four jars with water and pour it on the burnt offering and on the wood. And he said, Do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, Do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And the water ran around the altar and filled the trench also with water. And at the time of the offering of the oblation, Elijah the prophet came near and said, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and that I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their hearts back. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. And Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Let not one of them escape. And they seized them. And Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slaughtered them there. And Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of the rushing of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel. And he bowed himself down on the earth and put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go again, seven times. And at the seventh time he said, Behold, a little cloud like a man's hand is rising from the sea. And he said, Go up, say to Ahab, Prepare your chariot and go down, lest the rain stop you. And in a little while, while the heavens grew black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain, and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he gathered up his garment and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. And this concludes today's reading from our Old Testament portion from the book of 1 Kings. Now let's take a few moments to recap and reflect. As the kings of Israel and Judah become more dull of hearing, God raises up the prophet. Jesus fulfills the predicted role of the prophet like unto Moses. The Son of God is the deliverer of his people, accomplishing the greater exodus from bondage to sin and death at the cross in Luke chapter 9, verse 31. In some aspects, John the Baptist fulfills the Elijah role in the New Testament in Matthew 11, verses 13 to 14. But Jesus is the greater Elijah. Jesus is God's full and final word. He is the full vindication of the truth. The spirit of prophecy bears witness to him. In Revelation chapter 19, verse 10, he is prophetic authority personified. He is the word of God. There had been prophets before Elijah, but Elijah elevates the office of the prophet to supreme importance in the national life of Israel. From this point onward in the history of God's people until the coming of the Messiah, the prophet would be superior to the king. The hearts of the kings that desired reform would have their work directed by the prophets through whom the will of God would be made known. At a time when the nation had fallen into the deception of believing that Baal is God, 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 31, God raises up a man to be his authoritative statement, Elijah, Elijah, literally, the Lord is God, Yahweh is God. This is the theme of Elijah's ministry. 
the nation had been led to believe that Baal was in charge of fertility and the rainfall in particular. Elijah would show that the Lord is God. He is God over all creation, including the rainfall. So Elijah declared to Ahab that there would be no dew or rain except by my word. Elijah was subject to the authority of the word of God. As we compare Jesus' teaching in which he says the sky was shut up for three years and six months in Luke chapter 4 verse 25 with the record in 1 Kings chapter 18, it appears that there had already been six months of famine before Elijah gave this word to the king. This should have prepared Ahab. Now it happened after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go, show yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the face of the earth. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 1 The Lord is God of the rainfall and storms. He is the God of heaven and earth. He never complains about the weather. He is in control. Baal is not. Elijah is fearless as he challenges the prophets of Baal to a contest on Mount Carmel. He meets Ahab's chief steward, Obadiah, a God-fearer who had secretly hid 100 prophets in two caves, and he demanded that Obadiah announce to Ahab that Elijah is here. Literally, the Lord is God is here. Obadiah fears that he will lose his life if he announces this. Elijah's confidence in God's plan is persuasive. He says, As the Lord God of hosts lives, before whom I stand, I will surely show myself to him today. When you are conscious of your standing before the Lord, you will not fear standing before men. Obadiah delivers the message. Elijah is here. Obadiah delivers the message, Elijah is here, to Ahab, who then comes to meet Elijah. When Ahab sees Elijah, he refers to the prophet as the troubler of Israel. The word of the Lord not only comforts the afflicted, but afflicts the comfortable. Elijah is not afraid to confront Ahab with his history of forsaking the commandments and leading Israel into Baal worship. Elijah challenges the people of Israel and 850 false prophets, 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of the female fertility goddess Asherah. First, he comes close to all the people and declares, How long will you hesitate between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people did not answer him a word. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 21. The test on Mount Carmel is one in which Elijah gives the false prophets of Baal every opportunity to vindicate themselves. He assured them he was up to no tricks. The prophets of Baal often manipulated the crowd with false spectacle, arranging fires in tunnels beneath the altars to wow the crowd. Elijah was going to prove the supremacy of the one true God to the demons they worshipped. They could choose the bull that Elijah would put on his altar as well as the one on their own and call upon the name of their God to their heart's content. Elijah simply declares, I will call upon the name of the Lord and the God who answers by fire. He is God. The prophets of Baal could put no fire to the sacrifice. Elijah challenges their God to answer by fire. In spite of their calling on the name of Baal from morning till noon, pleading their sincerity with self-mutilation, there was no answer. Then Elijah called people near. In their presence, he rebuilt the altar of the Lord with twelve stones representing the twelve tribes of Israel. Then he made a trench around the altar and poured four jars of water on the burnt offering and on the wood. He did this three times. Elijah's Prayer 
Elijah was a man of public and private prayer. He had no special powers. His secret was that he knew that the Lord is God, and he called upon him earnestly in prayer. In James chapter 5, verse 17, we read, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. His famous prayer was composed of only 62 words, yet it is one of the most effective prayers in the Old Testament. O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, today let it be known that you are God in Israel, and that I am your servant, and I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their heart back again. 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 36 and 37. The Lord answers the prayer dramatically as the fire falls to consume the offering, even though it had been drenched with water. Notice the response of the people. They start shouting Elijah's name, Elijah, Elijah, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. Elijah then seizes the 450 false prophets and takes them down to the brook Kishon, and slaughters them there. Elijah, who prayed against all odds for rain, sends his servant to follow up to see if there was a storm developing over the Mediterranean. This is a picture of expectant prayer. On the seventh time, his servant sees what appears to be only a small cloud in the sky, like a man's hand rising in the sea. Elijah speaks boldly, Go up, say to Ahab, Prepare your chariot and go down, lest the rain stop you. And then we read, In a little while the sky grew black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy shower. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins and outran Ahab to Jezreel. 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 45 and 46. Now let's go to the New Testament reading, the book of Acts, chapter 11, verses 1 through 30. Peter reports to the church. Acts chapter 11. Now the apostles and the brothers who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcision party criticized him, saying, You went to uncircumcised men and ate with them. But Peter began and explained it to them in order. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, something like a great sheet descending being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to me. Looking at it closely, I observed animals and beasts of prey and reptiles and birds of the air. And I heard a voice saying to me, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, By no means, Lord, for nothing common or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But the voice answered a second time from heaven, What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times, and all was drawn up again into heaven. And behold, at that very moment, three men arrived at the house in which we were, sent to me from Caesarea, and the Spirit told me to go with them, making no distinction. These six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. And he told us how he had seen the angel stand in his house and say, Send to Joppa and bring Simon who is called Peter. He will declare to you a message by which you will be saved, you and all your household. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them, just as on us at the beginning. 
And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? When they heard these things, they fell silent, and they glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. The Church in Antioch Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists also, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch the disciples were first called Christians. Now in these days prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them, named Agabus, stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine over all the world. This took place in the days of Claudius. So the disciples determined, every one according to his ability, to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. And they did so, sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. And this concludes our reading from the New Testament, today's portion from the book of Acts. Let's take a few moments and consider what we have observed. Peter reports to the church at Jerusalem the remarkable story of how God the Holy Spirit prepared him to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. He encourages the church with his testimony of how the Holy Spirit prepared Cornelius to receive him and his message. It was a divine appointment. Do you trust the Holy Spirit for divine appointments and enablement to preach the gospel? Do you trust him to prepare hearers? Peter's testimony and the reality of the conversion of the Gentiles silenced the naysayers. Peter's summary puts all the glory where it belongs, not on his evangelistic work, but the work of the Holy Spirit. He gives glory to God. When they heard this, they quieted down and glorified God, saying, Well then, God has granted to the Gentiles also the repentance that leads to life. Acts chapter 11, verse 18. The gospel crosses the man-made barriers and the middle wall of partition that formerly divided Jews from the Gentiles, that is, the non-Jews. The men from Cyprus and Cyrene are motivated by the Holy Spirit to preach the gospel to the Greeks. Are there particular people that the Lord is putting in your pathway or putting on your heart and directing you to share the gospel with? We are here to be Christ's ambassadors. Let's be sure to ask Him for our assignments. Barnabas continues to live up to his name, son of encouragement. He personally visits the Gentile converts at Antioch. Then, when he arrived and witnessed the grace of God, he rejoiced and began to encourage them all with resolute heart to remain true to the Lord, for he was a good man and full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And considerable numbers were brought to the Lord. Acts chapter 11, verses 23 and 24. At Antioch, for the first time, disciples of the risen Christ are called Christians. 
the selfless concern of the new church at Antioch for the body of Christ at large, and the Jerusalem church in particular, is evident as they are moved to give a gift to aid those afflicted by famine. Now let's go to the Bible's songbook, the book of Psalms, and today we've moved beyond the Songs of Ascents to Psalm 135. Reading today's psalm will be Peter Healy. Your name, O Lord, endures forever. Psalm 135. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Give praise, O servants of the Lord, who stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing to his name, for it is pleasant. For the Lord has chosen Jacob for himself, Israel as his own possession. For I know that the Lord is great, and that our Lord is above all gods. Whatever the Lord pleases, he does, in heaven and on earth, in the seas and all deeps. He it is who makes the clouds rise at the end of the earth, who makes lightnings for the rain, and brings forth the wind from his storehouses. He it was who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, both of man and of beast, who in your midst, O Egypt, sent signs and wonders against Pharaoh and all his servants, who struck down many nations and killed mighty kings, Sion, king of the Amorites, and Og, king of Bashan, and all the kingdoms of Canaan, and gave their lands as a heritage, a heritage to his people Israel. Your name, O Lord, endures forever. Your renown, O Lord, throughout all ages. For the Lord will vindicate his people and have compassion on his servants. The idols of the nations are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths, but do not speak. They have eyes, but do not see. They have ears, but do not hear. Nor is there any breath in their mouths. Those who make them become like them. So do all who trust in them. O house of Israel, bless the Lord. O house of Aaron, bless the Lord. O house of Levi, bless the Lord. You who fear the Lord, bless the Lord. Blessed be the Lord from Zion, he who dwells in Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Peter. Praise the Lord for his grace. In Christ you are chosen and grafted into his treasured possession. A clear reference to God's supremacy and sovereignty over all things is found in verse 6. Whatever the Lord pleases, he does, in heaven and in earth, in the seas and in all deeps. Psalm 135, verse 6. As Elijah demonstrated, the Lord is God and rules over the weather. He causes the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth, who makes lightnings for the rain, who brings forth the wind from his treasuries. Psalm 135, verse 7. The psalmist also reminds us that the Lord is a God to be reckoned with, not like the useless idols of the nations. Now let's go to the Bible's treasure chest of wisdom. Remember, a proverb a day keeps foolishness away. Proverbs 17, verses 12 and 13. Let a man meet a she-bear robbed of her cubs, rather than a fool in his folly. If anyone returns evil for good, evil will not depart from his house. These proverbs exhort us to be wise in choosing who we connect with and how we treat people. 
Now let's pray. These readings, dear Heavenly Father, remind us that you alone are God. We are encouraged by Elijah, a man who is like us in so many ways, yet who trusted that you would vindicate your name. As the psalmist said, you will vindicate your people and have compassion on your servants. Our prayer is that today you will let it be known that you are God in our part of the world, where people are held captive in darkness and serving their idols. Answer us by opening the hearts of the Corneliuses and by sending us to be Peters and Barnabases. May the gospel call people out of bondage to the God of this age into the glorious liberty of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. So be it. Well, thank you for joining with us today. And once again, I want to encourage you to pray for us that the word of the Lord will spread rapidly and be glorified, not just here through the podcast, but through all of our ministries here and around the world. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can write us at podcast at newlife.org. If you'd like to know more about our ministries or how you can support the work of New Life Community Church and its ministries, you can go to that website. You can also subscribe to our daily email so you can have a written copy of our daily commentary. So until we meet again, may the word of Christ dwell in you richly.